Hello and welcome to Life of Die, the podcast which discusses all things relating to role-playing games and war games. I'm Gordon and today I'm delighted to be joined by Joshua Van Zandt, the man behind Crown of Command. It was after I was invited onto his show that I got the podcasting bug and well, here we are today. So Life of Die owes Josh and Crown of Command a great debt of gratitude. So welcome to Life of Die, Josh. Thanks for coming on. Good, it's my pleasure, mate. And thank you very much for inviting me on, mate. It's been awesome. It was great because I was uh, I really enjoyed my time when I was on your your show. So it's it's great to return the favour. In my introduction, there obviously I was referring to Crown of Command as a podcast, but it's really not just a podcast, is it? It's actually something much much bigger. And I was wondering, if probably the best place to start with us was maybe to let the listeners know exactly what Crown of Command is. Yeah, that, that's a really good question, and you know it's. Um... It has evolved over time from being a very, very small idea and concept in my in my mind that um, you know I'm, I'm totally new to podcasting. I've never done it before. I came in as a complete amateur, mm-hmm. had no idea how to do it, uh, where to even begin. And it wasn't uh, until the help of my sister, she uh, gave me a link to a podcasting, uh, like a service, like a hosting site, I should say. And then I just thought, well, what the hell? I'm gonna. I, I, all I had was like a, a PS4. Uh, microphone, you know, the one for the PS4, mm-hmm. which gives like a little headset and a mic. And I just plugged into my little, you know, uh, Microsoft uh, Surface Pro 3 here and I just started recording stuff. And my main goal was really to bring the stories of the, the community members that I had met through Facebook groups and online and bring them into a new format and make it audio and maybe doing that then put a, sort of reaching a bigger audience. And, um, and more importantly, making and sort of archiving uh, all these great stories from people in the community that I'd met and uh, some really, really outstanding people uh, in the community. And yeah, I mean, that, that was its real conception. That was real, the real sort of intention and motivation from me anyway. And yeah, and here we are today and we're sort of just, you know, getting bigger and growing more and more. And it's I, hopefully it's inspiring someone like yourself there, Gordon. You, you're starting your own podcast and YouTube channel, so that's wonderful. And that's that was the other thing that I really wanted. I thought, well, if I'm going to wait for somebody to do this, as in, you know, focusing on Hero Hammer, focus on the 90s, Games Workshop games, that kind of thing, I could be waiting forever. It could never happen. Mm-hmm. So I thought if I don't do it and if I don't sort of lead the way and say, hey, okay, I'm going to try this, Okay, I don't really particularly like listening to my voice on the radio. <laughs> uh, I, I think I've got a terrible voice for radio. I mean, it's awful. But, you know, if I didn't do it, then no one's going to do it. But now we've got, you know, a number of podcasts out there or uh, YouTube content or people creating. And that's just wonderful to see. So that means I can enjoy their creative uh, avenues, whether it might be in, in wargaming or whatever it might be. So. Yeah, that that was the that was the initial conception of uh, the podcast, anyway. Yeah, and if it makes you feel any better, I feel exactly the same way about my own voice. I think that's totally natural to MD that goes into this. So that was the podcast. Was it the starting point, and you started? You were engaging with people in the community. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I think it was just well, and and I I actually posed the question to the Middlehammer group, you know, many many moons ago. Uh, would there be any, any interest in a podcast about you know talking about you know, games, workshop games, like here, uh, like not necessarily here, but Warhammer or something like that. And, you know, I was surprised to get a, a fairly big response. So people seem quite encouraging about something like that uh, because there's just nothing out there for it. And I, I really wanted, if I was going to do something like this, I'd really want to center it on something that is not uh, already out there. So I didn't, and I'm not into the, the new current game so much. 
and so I'm, I'm sort of a bit of a nostalgia a junkie, uh, if you like. I like taking those nostalgia pills every day, and I like you know looking at old stuff. And you know when I was you know 17, 18, uh, just getting into um, Games Workshop through HeroQuest and uh, various other games and painting, especially because painting was my real. Um, and you know I really loved listening to the Meeples and Miniatures podcast. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but yeah, um, um, Neil Shook. I thought yeah, I follow uh, Mike on Twitter as well. Um, and yeah, I've had a few interactions with him as well. He's really nice, a lovely guy. Hello, if you're listening to us both. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope Neil, Neil's listening and and. Um, and you know, I, I love li- listening to the 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 origin stories. Not so much about the maybe the 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 main topic, but what they're talking about. But certainly, the how they got into the hobby, and I always found that very interesting. Mm. And Mike Hobbs, of course, uh, was part of that um, that duo. And sadly, that's ended. And um, I felt there's a, a massive gap in my my listenership, <laughs> <laughs> or their listenership, or whatever it might be. But, you know, it was really sad to see those guys go. But, you know, they've done it for over a decade, and I can totally understand why they wanted a big break and just get out of it. But um, but that sort of left me with this kind of, well, maybe I should try doing something myself and then trying to bring the stories of the people I, I, I connected with through Facebook in the Hero Hammer group or Middle Hammer group, whatever it might be, and bring their story out to people to listen to. And I think it's been, so far quite successful in that in that sense i would completely agree with that because it's um it's great to see you know how much content that you put out and about so many of those kind of classic games that i think it's, it's actually very timely when when this has arrived at your podcast because of obviously the, the way the pandemics went across the world that from what i can gather online um, there's a lot of people that are suddenly reconnecting with the hobby i think there's an, an aspect of it where there's people that have grew up with it in the 90s that have had families and now their families are kind of growing up and the guys are suddenly kind of looking back as like you said you're giving that nice little nostalgia hit games that they loved when they were they were kids and they're getting back in as far as i can tell there's a lot of people painting a lot of miniatures at the moment and i've noticed it on your particular in your community as well so yeah that's probably something else we should talk about is your community that you've got you do have community pages about the um kind of painting challenges and things like that that, you, that you've set and there's some great stuff in there right there's been really good stuff yeah, no. Uh, well, that, that all came about because I met Jesse uh, Callahan th- at New Zealand through the Old World Painting Challenge, I think it's called. It's like a third edition, fourth edition painting challenge that's set up by a gentleman in, in Canada. I think it's in the, the French part of Canada. And he's got this long running painting challenge where people, you know, put, uh, you know, they, they throw down a, suddenly, I can't remember how many points it was. I think it's about 2,000 points. Uh, 2,000 points or 1,000 point list and they painted over six months and um, I met Jesse through the Hero Hammer Facebook group because he he offered a a um, empire army uh, that he didn't want and he wanted to get someone to paint his chaos army and he would exchange that for the empire army and that's how we initially met this is many I think over 12 months well over 12 months ago uh, before the before the pandemic hit and so I said yeah okay well, I'll paint the army map for you and i'll do this for this challenge uh, and he he actually joined the challenge as well which is what really really great to see because at that point jesse had no painted armies had nothing hmm. uh, he had lots of lead tons and tons of lead models and beautiful gorgeous collections of uh, various citadel old 80s 90s models and um so i thought it was a pretty good deal i've never done this before it was like the first time i've sort of exchanged you know models to to paint for other people 
and it worked out to be a really great partnership. And me and Jesse are really good friends now. And I just, I, it, the the uh, the Empire Army just arrived in the mail uh, a few days ago, amazingly. And I've almost finished his Chaos Army. I've got one Slanesh uh, Keeper of Secrets to do for him, and a couple more Beastmen. And it's ready to be sent back to New Zealand so he can start enjoying uh, playing with his Chaos Army. But um, whole. Yeah, we're doing we're doing a very similar challenge that Jesse and a couple other guys had asked about uh, whether we should do it through the Crown of Command, and that's the uh, Call of the Crown, which is a one year long painting challenge, or a six month painting challenge where people uh, mainly from the Hirohama community have sort of joined us in that. And because of the the COVID situation, people in lockdown, especially in Europe, mm-hmm. they had nowhere to go. They had plenty of time on their hands, and it was probably the most opportune moment for them to actually get out all those dusty lead models and start painting them and uh so far it's been incredibly good i've been really proud of those guys to be still in it after all this time we've gone past the six month pass uh part now so the people who have put in the thousand point armies have finished and the 12 month you know the pledges are still going but it's just been incredible uh, to see the amount of uh, the work that's been done and the the standard that's been done it yeah it's been amazing and and it's just the amount of, like you say, there's the, the sheer volume of, of posts that I've seen on your, your community. So I, I suppose some people might want to look your community up. So where, where can they find you? Well, yeah, if they want to find us, and if, you, if you're on Facebook, just go in and search uh, the Crown of Command podcast and you'll find us there. That's just, that's just like a public kind of a page. And there's there's also a private community page which is basically under the same title, the Crown of Command podcast, but this one's a community. And that's just a closed group where people can share their Call of the Crown entries or they can talk about their hobby or share anything they want related to Hirohama, basically. But that's a really fun group too. I don't, I honestly don't spend that much time on it, to be honest, because I'm just so busy in uh, doing so many other things. But that that's... That's you don't. I don't really need to be there because it's sort of you know it's turning over. It's 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 doing it's doing its good work already, and people are already in, interacting and sharing things together and and being inspired, which is the main thing. Yeah, I noticed that the people are very supportive of each other, and it's a very friendly community. So I mean, it's a it's a great thing because it's a kind of safe space if you like, and you don't really need to police it because everybody there is there because they love the same things and, and everyone's enthusiastic and encouraging. You know, um, that's not always the case in some Facebook groups, but. I'm a member. I have been for a while, so I know exactly what goes on in there, and it's. Um, I can only recommend it. I've got nothing bad to say about it at all. Can't. I've not seen anything like that, and it's just been. You know, it's just great seeing pictures of painted minis, and they have all that old school vibe that you were talking about. And it's just, yeah, I, I've been loving just watching it. And that's even as a, as a person who's, you know, for me personally, it's I'm an epic person. And that's where my interest is, but I'm still really enjoying seeing all the Warhammer stuff and games that you know I didn't really, I, I don't really have any involvement with. But it's still just great seeing what these guys are doing. And of course, you've got a, a Discord server as well. Yeah, mate, we've got a Discord set up by Dave. Dave set it up for us, and it's been really successful. And I'm really glad he did it because when he initially did it, I thought, ah, oh, man, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with Discord. I had, I had dealt with Discord before in, in, in different groups. I think it was of Song of Ice and Fire or whatever, and I just had like these just massive amount of notifications and that kind of thing. I had to get out of it. But when he set it up, I wasn't really overly thrilled initially. But then I realized, well, this is a really great space for people to come and chat because it's got all these voice chats and that kind of thing. You've got video access. You can share images, of course, of everything. And it was just a place away from Facebook that people could engage with 
um, outside of those main sort of big, you know, social networking uh, structures. So I, I think it's just been a blessing because I've now got to actually speak with people. <laughs> and I've got to make some really great friendships uh, in the community. So we're really like a really tight, close-knit group of people now. And if it wasn't for that, I don't think the fanzine would have become what it is now. I, I, I honestly don't think so. I think um, uh, maybe, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it still would have happened, but I don't think so. I think it, it, because we've been chatting and talking and getting more personal with each other, I think it's just it's just grown even bigger and, and more, you know, we, we've become more of a stronger group now because of that. And, you know, we just opened up a chat and I think Marcel uh, from Germany He's always on there, you know, just about every every single day. And he's just there painting away and people will just drop in and say hello. And, and it's just been a really great space for people, you know, who just need to connect and just talk to people. Yeah. Especially if they're in some kind of lockdown or in, you know, some pretty bad situation there. Mm-hmm. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's an escape, really, from this, from up to what's going on in the world. And like I say, people suddenly get time on their hands that they maybe didn't have before and, and... I think that is, is why we've kind of seen a, a mass. I'm talking more from the epic side of things, but I, from what I can tell on your on your groups, it's the same in the other communities as well. That again, it's the same thing. People are going back to the from what you just said there about the miniatures, the unpainted miniatures, and then suddenly, okay, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to I'm going to go on and do it. So that's a that's a brilliant thing that you're doing. That you know you're connecting people and and you are inspiring people that that they want to be part of this project. They want to contribute and grow these communities because at the end of the day. I think most hobby fans are, are the same. They, they like the same things. And, and I think there is a kind of, my experience anyway, with the, the wargaming and role-playing groups, is it tends to be that they're always really nice people, overwhelmingly. And I think that it's a great thing if you can connect with people because they're all feeding off that enthusiasm that you're that you're giving them, basically, with your challenges and your podcasts. And yeah, I think that's a brilliant thing, Josh. I, I really do. And, you know, obviously it's affected me directly in that, that was a, a big inspiration for me when I went on it. I'd never thought about doing a podcast. It was when you put that open call out to the Epic community. I thought, well, why don't I just do it? Let's go for it. I, I love the game. I want to talk about it, so let's do it. And then a few months later, I thought, yeah, I want to do that more, and let's let's do it. But, um, you know, it's, it's uh, as I say, it's now become quite a big consideration, and I, I totally understand what you're saying about, about demands in your time because when you're when you're creating all this stuff, it's, uh, yeah, it's labor-intensive, which is... But it's fun. That's that's first and foremost, and I'm I'm hoping you're having as much fun doing it yourself and all this happening. I'm sure you are. Yeah, but I just keep on taking more work on. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm my own worst enemy, really. When you when you come to think of it, but um, yeah, but I, I'm really glad you started your own uh, podcast now, mate, and you're doing your own YouTube thing. You know, we we just talked about that before, but you know, off air. And it's, it's really great to see. I mean, it's excellent. That that's exactly what I wanted to see. I wanted you know active people in the community. The funny thing is we're talking about games that are dead and long ago buried and, you know, they've had various iterations um, that have superseded them. But And some people might have thought that I'm doing something absolutely crazy. You know, why, why am I talking about all these old games that no one plays anymore? But um, I think for everything, there's always, always some kind of niche that you'll find some people interested in it that will listen to it or will find some comfort in listening to stories of old and that kind of thing <laughs> that I do. So if, if it has, you know, even the, the most marginal amount of um, impact or gives a certain amount of pleasure to people in what I'm doing, then that's, you know, that's very rewarding, I think. Yeah, well, I'm glad you feel that way because it's, um, as I say, I definitely found that inspirational, that's that's for sure. And I was very pleased that well, I really enjoyed the experience of being on and, 
how welcome you were when you know you didn't really know much about me other than I'd posted a couple of things about an epic and things like that. So it was yeah, it was really inspirational. The other thing I think is really inspirational, uh, which we haven't really mentioned enough about yet, definitely not, is uh, we have referenced that is Hero Hammer, your fanzine, and um, yeah. So obviously you were mentioning there that you you connected with these people in the community, and, and so a number of these were people that were then contributing to the the fanzine. So I was wondering if you want to maybe talk about the background to that and then obviously talk about as well uh, what exactly the fanzine is so for them that it's not not to know. There's a lot of buzz about it, so hopefully most people will know that are listening <laughs> what this is and where to find it. But I'll let you do your sales pitch. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's only been out for a week and um, it's, been a, it, it's been a marvellous project that we've all been working on. And it's not only myself, but... And Angel, now Angel is a, a man from Spain. I've never met him personally. I actually got to speak to him only for the very first time about a week ago when we had a bit of a, a post-launch celebration on Discord. He's a really nice guy. I've never met him in person, but he's a wonderful painter. He's um, very, very artistic. He's a graphic designer by trade, great illustrator. He's just one of those really talented people and a really nice bloke to boot. He's got lots of lots of motivation in getting uh, or just just having a go at you know doing something different. And I think. He, he was the main brainchild behind this whole Hirohama fanzine in the first place. And he sort of he pitched this, this kind of idea to me one day as I was traveling to work. And he sent me this sort of like a mock-up of a cover with the Hirohama fanzine logo and that kind of thing. It looked like a real white dwarf. And I thought, wow, this is, looks incredible. And he said, how about it? Do you want to make a fanzine? I said, yeah, mate, I'm definitely in. You know, like this is just a, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing it myself because I couldn't do it myself. And it's, it's impossible. I don't have the you know the desktop skills. I'm not a graphic designer. I don't know anything about technology. Me and technology just don't get on well anyway. Uh, but you know he's got the skills. He's got he must have the time uh, to put a lot of effort in uh, in doing it. And we we thought okay, well, let's think about the people we know in our community and, and who would be best uh, suited for particular roles in the in the fanzine. So we had had a look uh, and think about that. So we've got um, we've got Joe uh, Johannes. From Denmark, he's kind of like the math hammer guy. He does the the Fly the Skulls podcast, which is another whole story about that. But we basically met through um, Facebook as well, and you know I got him on as a guest uh, on my podcast, and then he later on with his friend Casper uh, wanted to. I asked them to do you know to make contributions to the podcast, talking about math hammer and that kind of thing, because that's what they're passionate about. And then now they're their own got their own podcast out there, which is quite successful as well. But I thought I'll grab him. Because he's a great guy with working out. He he can do things I can't do. He he can he knows everything about armies and how to com- uh, the compositions and the best magical item combos and that kind of stuff. You know he knows all that kind of stuff. So he'd be great for that. We've got um, Owen Staten, which I've just met recently through Twitter. He's a great storyteller. So Owen's and a great great guy from Wales. Um, we've got him doing some lore articles. We've got of course my good friend Marcel in Germany. You know, he's very passionate about this era of the hobby, even though he's never played a game of fifth edition in his life. <laughs> he still he still loves all the miniatures and all the imagery and that kind of thing. So we've got him doing things for just whatever he wants to do, just whatever he wants to write about, whatever whatever's going in his mind. So that's Marcel's musings in the in the magazine. We've got battle reports that I like to do. I'm a very visual I'm a visual artist, so I get off on sort of, you know, the visual things. I'm not so interested in the math hammer kind of compositions or like I love I love gameplay, but I love more more so the visual aspect of of the fanzine. So that's 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 
kind of where I'm sort of sitting in, in this role. So it's very much an art directional kind of thing. And trying to get all the elements in design where it looks very similar, if not exactly the same as the original White Dwarf from the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And we've got other people coming in as well. We've got Nathan Stone from the War Games Orchid who does a lot of law articles. He's a great, um, again, another great storyteller and he does a lot of research into the old world and Warhammer and that kind of thing. So he's, to, he's got a great place there and um, many other people, which I probably have, haven't mentioned, but uh, Dr. The Viking, another person I had on my podcast, and I, I met him through uh, his uh, wonderful articles he's does, he does for his own blog. And he does some great battle reports with his friends over there. So we've got him on board doing that. So it's basically, yeah, we, we just gathered as many talented people out there who are really passionate about this era of the hobby. And they were just very graciously, you know, ex- accepting our offer and jumped on board. And uh, here we are today with um, a fully, you know, full color, uh, probably illegal, but <laughs> it's a full color magazine. <laughs> we haven't we haven't got any um, cease and desist letters yet from Games Workshop, but uh, you know, I did I did reach out to them, and, and people are probably wondering how the hell are they getting away with it, all this all this stuff using all the GW art. Well. I think it, I think it, we should be okay. We disclaimed everything. We, you know, we've, we give credit to everybody who's involved if it's their artwork or whatever. But um, if the cease and desist letter comes, then I guess it's going to be the end of the fans. You know, goes. <laughs> but we got one issue out there. So, but uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun though, man. Yeah. Well, I hope that never comes because the FMD hasn't seen this. It's it's really a gorgeous love letter to to nineties games workshop and particularly white dwarf magazines that i grew up with i was a teenager then and uh i really couldn't believe it i mean obviously you, you've said about how many people are con- contributing to it and it's their passion that's that's delivered it and um you can see the passions there you can you can absolutely see it you can see that they love this stuff and they immerse themselves in it and it's really a beautiful and it's not you know it's not a slight thing you know sometimes fanzine things can be quite slight this is many pages is it again josh it's 90 odd pages, man. 90 pages, yeah. 90. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. I mean, I, I, I genuinely was really bowled over when I clicked on the link when I, I saw it coming up on Twitter and retweeted. And yeah, I was really blown away by it because I I could see how much work and effort and passion was involved in it. And I thought, yeah, you have knocked it out of the park. You really have. And um, I'm absolutely delighted to hear that there has been a lot of buzz about it in the community and seems to be getting picked up. There's people talking about it. And I think that's, it's completely deserved for the effort that's going into it. And I think him that opens that has a look at it. will agree with what I've said there. I don't think <laughs> you can't underestimate how, how good it is. It's just exactly what you would ex- expect it to be from that classic period of, of um, for some of us is of a certain age <laughs> in the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very, very, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a fine age wine. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, know, I know what you mean. Like we're, we're, um, we're very grateful for the time and efforts that people can put into it. Uh, how long it will last for? Who knows? You know, we could we could get to the second issue and it sort of just blows up and we never make another one. Who knows? But if it long if it goes for a long time, then that that'd be great. I mean, we've got plenty of content. We've got plenty of stuff we've talked about to talk about and to add to the magazine. I don't think that's really a major issue. Plus, we've got you know, we're sort of reaching out for people to say, hey, you know, if you've got something, you know, you want to add some fanzine, you know, send it into us. We'll we'll have a look at it and. Um, We'll probably include it. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it is a community-based uh, magazine, so we want contributions from obviously the, the community. Uh, that's most important, so that they have probably some great campaign idea or something like that, or maybe some 
uh, version of house rules they use for their their games or um, maybe an extension to uh, a certain uh, specialist game that they enjoy, like a certain variant that they play uh, in, the, in their club or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why, why not share it with the greater community through the fanzine? It's probably the best way of doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, but I, I have failed to mention a, a great number of people part of that fanzine, so I am sorry, but we've got you know amazing, talented people like Stuart Thomas, a former heavy metal painter. Wow. Um, he's on board with us. Yeah, he, he's quite keen to do some painting articles. We've got uh, Jeppe Danning from Denmark, who's a sensational painter. I just love his work. And uh, he, he, he gave us a lot of uh, photographs for, of his, uh, sorry, his Night Goblin Army because the first issue is basically uh, focusing on uh, a certain theme because we, 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 we like the idea of having a theme initially yep. for the Night Goblins. And the next one will follow, follow a different theme. So I don't know whether, you know, some people are sort of, you know, happy with that. Some people are sort of not so happy with that. But we'll see how we go. If people like that kind of thing, uh, we'll continue with it. So each issue will have a different theme. Yeah, I think it's a good idea because it gives it a cohesiveness, doesn't it? Really, it gives it, you know, a kind of a thread through there. So I think that makes sense, yeah. I think it does, yeah. I think the writers have a focus then. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think the people have a focus of what they should be uh, you know, looking to uh, produce for the for the for the magazine in that case, but then we sort of splice it in with you know uh, various other articles like with um, the Cowabunga, the Doctor Vikings, you know his painting challenge they're doing for second edition 40k. We've got that in there. I'm I'm going to put a Space Marine epic Space Marine, which will feature yourself there, Gordon, <laughs> <laughs> in there, mate, just to give a bit of people a heads up that you know you and um, you and John John Webb will be in there um, doing the Warlord supplement. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, I know we're really looking forward to, to doing that because I'd love to have Epic as a as a definitely a monthly or sorry an issue per issue an article in there. One for that, one for Man of War, one for maybe Necromunda. We haven't touched on Necromunda and Blood Bowl will definitely be featured in there at some point. Uh, but I don't have all the games, so we need we need other people there uh, with the games and with the experience to um, write us some articles and, and send them in so we can include them. I would love to have everything. I would love to have all the games and all the miniatures and all the armies, but it's just not possible for one person to do it. So we've got to spread that around, spread the love around <laughs> amongst the groups of people out there so they can write stuff for us and, and do things. But, um, yeah, Battle Reports is, is a really interesting one that I, I really loved seeing in White Dwarves, but it does take an awful lot of time. But I think once we... You know, once Angel puts together a certain amount of assets we can use, like, graphically... It will get smoother, and I think the next issue will come together a little bit better because we've got a lot of templates and a lot of a uh, lot of sort of the graphical side uh, laid down already. It's mainly just copying, pasting, and, ch- and proofreading and checking and adding illustrations and that kind of thing, which we're hoping to avoid using uh, Gangs Workshop property because I know they're very sensitive about that, and I I want to um and I've, I've reached out to like John Wigley, which is a former uh, illustrator at Gangs Workshop. That, um, that if he could send us some images that we could use, but of course it's all under GWIP, like all under their IP laws. So uh, it doesn't matter what you use; it's it's going to be you know a little bit contentious as to whether we can get away with doing it. But we're not asking for money; it's a, it's completely free. Uh, it will be free forever, and no one has to pay a cent for it. This is all off our own off our own backs. So um, and, and that way we can't get uh, we're not we're not going to be incriminated in any way. Uh, which is the main thing, but it was never meant to be anything that we're going to profit from. Never, never. It was never ever meant to be like that. 
uh, it was just a purely a free fanzine for the community. Yeah, I mean, the, the battle reports that you're talking about, they were always my kind of favourite things. And uh, I suppose this is to do with my own personal likes and dislikes. I su- not, well, not dislikes. I never, there wasn't aspects of the hobby I particularly disliked. I always admired the painting, but I was never able to kind of fully embrace that. I've, I've always struggled with the painting side of the hobby. Whereas the actual game, the gaming side, I was all about, I want these miniatures on the table and I want to play games. That's that's my where my focus was always was with the hobby. So the battle reports, yeah, that's really exciting to me that we're going to, there's going to be more battle reports in the future. And, you know, I'm thrilled to be, you know, a small part of that if, um, in the coming, hopefully in the coming issue or sometime in the future when that's ready to do. So it's really exciting to do it. And especially, obviously, I looked up to, you know, I was always interested to know who these guys were that you would see in the magazines, um, you know, the Andy Chambers and Gav Thorpe, who very luckily I've managed to actually speak to in real life in recent times. So that was really exciting to me because I always wondered who these, what these people were like and to actually hear them talking about designing games and so on was, was really exciting to me. So it's really strange. It's, it's, a, it's a really great opportunity and I'm really excited about it, the fact that I'm in a small way kind of stepping into their shoes and trying to write a report that's a bit like what they did back in those classic episodes. I'm sure probably everybody that's going to be involved in a battle report is, is probably feeling the way the same way I do and, and champing at the bit to get going. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. And But yeah, again, also the, the paintings. I always did like the heavy metal, just looking at them, but I always thought, nah, I can't do this stuff. <laughs> I've, got, <laughs> I've gotten better, but I'm not. I'm never going to be at that level. I've accepted that I'm, I'm at peace with it now. If I've got painted miniatures, that's you know, look okay. I, I can live with it, but it is inspiring to see all those images in there. And obviously, as I said about the communities earlier on, that these you see these images all the time. It's just, it blows my mind that there's so many people painting and posting their pictures and they almost uniformly look brilliant. I just, yeah, it's, it's incredible what you're doing over there and what you've kind of started. I mean, going back to what I said at the start, it's a podcast, but in actual fact with the community and with the Hero Hammer, it actually feels like there's a kind of movement um, that you've created basically and people are totally coming on board and throwing all their energy at it you know that's that's a testament to you because you're the you're at the helm there and um have encouraged that so i suppose we should maybe talk a little bit about the podcast as well so for them that it's not it's missed out what kind of topics and games have you covered there uh well initially it will probably be most prominent predominantly uh warhammer fantasy fifth edition I think that's probably the the game that's probably most popular uh, among our listeners. But, you know, ever since we talked about and having interviews about people about their armies and that kind of thing and their origin stories, but then we sort of branched off in the second season now. I really wanted to cover Epic Space Marine and Man of War, some more of the specialist games of Games Workshop, which are also longtime favourites for many people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they've been really received really well. I had John Webb. Uh, helping me out uh, a lot. You know, John did a lot of the work. Really, he's, he's just a great person to, uh, if you give him something uh, to do with Epic, he's so passionate about it. And, I mean, he knows he knows the cover of those rule books back to front. You know, he just knows everything about them. So he works in the games industry. So probably the best person to ask. Uh, and I'm really gra- glad that John can take up his time on his weekends to, to help me out with those. It's been really good. Yeah, they're excellent podcasts. I've you know, as an epic fan myself, I can tell his depth of knowledge in it. And 
yeah, it's, I've been really impressed with those as well and recommend them to the Epic community for anybody that's listening. Please give them a, a go because they're, they're really fun. Well, I, I hope so because because we're just reading re- re- reading verbatim on the on the on the pages of the book, so it's not. I don't know if it's just like reading it and re- reading a manual <laughs> <laughs> to a podcast or whether it's entertaining for people. I don't know, but we're just re- we're basically just reading straight from the rule books. So we're saying, okay, well, this you know this is this unit, this is the stats, this is what it does, this is special rules, blah 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 blah, and you know it's just basically to inform people who have never played Epic. Mm. Because uh, we, we started off obviously with the main rule book and, and explained the rules and how to play it and then sort of went into the armies uh, in chronological order. Uh, so we just finished the Warlord Supplement, which took about, I don't know, three episodes, I think it was. It was, it was a big one. And then, you know, and we're, we're giving that a break and then we'll come back in a couple of months or three months or something and do Renegades once we've started painting up our own armies for that. And because I know John's got a massive corn. Um, uh, army for uh, for Epic Space Marine looks, looks looks wonderful. He's a great painter, a great hobbyist, and uh, yeah, he's done, he's done great work on his uh, his Epic stuff. He's really passionate about that, which is cool. Yeah, I've got, I'm going to just play some games or get get two you know two thousand point armies knocked up so we can play some games first before we get into uh, tackling that. But Manor War has been another big revelation for me because I've only acquired that maybe uh, several months ago and having played it i've never played it in person i've only played it remotely uh with other people in australia and um in germany and canada now and uh just had a great great time playing that game it's just an awesome game that i wish i wish i you know picked it up when it came out and i, I knew i knew i would have just loved it and i think a lot of guys in the in my gaming group would have uh, really embraced that game uh, because it only needs a, a few, you know a handful of models and the rules aren't seriously complex, but the fleets make up for that in, in regards to the, the style and the way they play and the special rules that each ship uh, encompasses. So, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a really, really good game, that one, and I'm so glad to have discovered that now. Uh, but I think they're the main... Yeah, sorry, but they're, they're the two main games we've been... Well, sorry, the three main games we've been covering, and we're going to go into, uh, sorry, 40K Second Edition uh, at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. So that's probably a long way off yet. So I was going to ask you, what were your go-to games and how did you get into gaming? Because you asked this question in your program and I think it's about time somebody asked it of you. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, I think uh, HeroQuest, generally board games, like you say, Gordon, like you said before, it shouldn't come up with any sort of... Um, uh, the rules should be very clear and cut and there should be no... Um, there's a word I'm missing here, uh, but I can't remember what it is now. But yeah, Regal room. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, there should be no, you know, uh, no error of error or you know uncertainty about a certain particular thing. Maybe that's not the case. I don't know. But anyhow, my first my first venture into um, sort of fantasy gaming was HeroQuest, and it was like a big commercial success for Milton Bradley and Games Workshop, respectively. And um, uh, I think it was about 16 or 17 at the time uh, when I first got that. And yeah, I mean, wow, you know, I've never seen, I've never seen a board game like that. We, you know, we were normally playing things like Monopoly or I think Stratego was probably the only thing that had, you know, plastic pieces that you can move around. It was like a, an actual war game. So this just opened up a whole new world to me that I, I'd never seen before or um, had experienced before. So, and of course that in turn, uh, 
developed this interest in painting because on the side of the box were all these beautifully painted uh, samples of all the miniatures in the core set. And it came, of course, uh, Games Workshop very kindly put in a, um, an address where you could you know, send away for your painting catalog and all that kind of thing. So I did that, I, got, I sent away for the painting guide, which I think cost about $10 back in those days. And that's really expensive for a returned envelope. But after many months, I got it back and uh, there it was. It was like the, you know, like the red catalog, which showcased all the games. And I think at that time it was like third edition fantasy. It was like Road Trader 40K, uh, Space Hulk first edition, of course, uh, Mighty Empires, all those kind of classic games in there, really old hammer. And this painting guide, and that sort of really set me off because I, I, I was just you know, totally in love with the uh, the painting aspect of it. But of course, the paints I was using and all that kind of thing were like these old Tamiya uh, Ravel paints, you know, really awful, uh, smelly, uh, <laughs> toxic, poisonous stuff that, you know, no one should ever use. And um, of course, I, I made the most uh, hideous um, <laughs> paintings you've ever seen that, uh, of course, went to see the, uh, the strip bath and then they melted the plastic miniatures and all that kind of thing. We've all been there, I'm sure. Uh, all fun times um, but yeah then I then I discovered of course through the catalogue uh, all these other wonderful games like Warhammer and that that caught my eye uh, more than anything else because it had all these beautiful models ranked up in units and they were fighting big battles on big tables of terrain and that kind of stuff and um, yeah I really wanted to know more about that so I think for my birthday uh, I think I got the the third edition uh, rule book from the local gaming store i think it's called i think it was called daily planet but i'm sure that, I'm, I'm, that might be wrong because there was there was two stores in my area on the gold coast it was one in the in like a mall area it was like a little sister or like a little uh a second store to the main store that was in brisbane and I, that was called the daily planet but i forget what the other other store was but they had a small selection of games workshop products in there they had uh, of course the uh, the rule books and everything they had some paints paint boxes, uh, the paint sets, I should say. And I bought some of those later on. I sort of saved all my pocket money and, and I worked my, my worked my father during the holidays and I'd, I'd spent all my money on uh, all this sort of stuff. And my mum was an artist already, so I used to borrow her brushes and that kind of stuff. And and I would just, you know, be totally immersed in this um, in this world of fantasy, of Warhammer, and, and uh, I would buy anything I could, anything I could get my hands on. And we would later on, after meeting other guys in a in a gaming club, that we would take these road trips up to Brisbane and go to the the Daily Planet, which had all the had the whole entire range of stuff, and you know we'd buy lots of different metal models and um, take them home and, and paint them terribly, and and I would throw them away because I didn't know anything about stripping models, stripping metal models. I'd just throw them in the bin. Oh man, it's quite funny looking back at it now. Yeah, but um, I think one thing progressed to another, and me and my mate Chris, we got into Epic Space Marine mainly because of the scale and that it was we could buy an entire army in a box. It was very cheap and we yeah. didn't have a lot of money to spend. We couldn't do Warhammer, Warhammer because Warhammer, you know, it would have cost us hundreds and hundreds of dollars. We just didn't have that kind of money. So we got an Epic Space Marine and we just loved it. We, we just played it uh, religiously every weekend. I went to his place. I drove down to his place and we played it on his um, living room floor. He collected orcs. I collected... Um, I collected uh, Chaos Marines and uh, Space Marines, and he had Eldar as well. Yeah, he had the Eldar as well, and we just played that every weekend. We, we, we never got sick of it. We never tired of it. We just played it all the time, and we got other guys uh, in our gaming group 
involved in it as well. And yeah, they, they were the best years of my life, I think, uh, in gaming and friendship as well, because Chris is a really good friend and we're still good friends now after all this time. But yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Yeah, they, they, they're my best memories. So that's why, you know, I really wanted to get back into um, Epic Space Marine when I started getting back into uh, the Hirohama stuff, because, you know, after all this time, maybe it was looking through rose-tinted glasses, but I don't think it was. I think the rules are still great. I think the uh, the models are still fantastic for what they are, and it's still a very playable game. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, it's that, like you say, the scale, I think, is, is a real selling with, with Epic that you, you feel that you're getting. I know Warhammer 40,000 has gone a bit this way as well in more recent years, but to me, there was, there was something about seeing dozens and dozens, you know, if not hundreds of, of troops on your tabletop and the tanks and the titans and yeah it just there was something about that just seeing that set up even without actually enjoying the game like even if you didn't enjoy the game there was something about seeing those armies laid out on a tabletop i was i have to say it's uh i didn't have a great setup at those days i mean it was like a sheet on the floor that was how bad it that was how basic it was um so in later years when i was able to get gaming tables and stuff it was like really exciting to me because i'm like oh this actually looks quite good now you know i know there's people out there that do better than i do and and i'm you know i wouldn't claim that i'd have the best setups in the world but you know i'm quite happy with what i've got compared to my humble beginnings with a with a big sheet on the floor but there was something about that i always thought was special about the scale of it and it felt like you were having a real battle rather than back then my experience of 40k really was with uh, Rogue Trader, and it was just a skirmish game. I say just, it was a great, you know, it was a good game. There was nothing, wrong. Um, but there was something about being able to have those mass conflicts that just, I think, because I was a fan of science fiction anyway, Star Wars and things like that. That it, it just, I just thought, wow, we can actually run a battle like this, and uh, so that that was really why I think that is at the core, and it remains to this day. When you set up, and it's the same when you set up in the when I played remotely against you before as well. It's you know you still get that even even via the the webcam, which was a you know a good it was good fun to do that. So obviously from those kind of humble beginnings, I suppose, and uh, with the hobby, you've now come full circle and you've created this <laughs> movement. As I said earlier on, cult. <laughs> a cult, yeah. <laughs> The cult of the crown, or cult of the command. Yeah. So I'm just wondering what you what your future plans are. What I mean, you've achieved so much in such a such a short period of time. What is it you see as a future for Crown of Command? I don't know. Like you know, it's um, it's a funny thing because because you know we're dealing with a group of people in love with a certain time and period of the hobby, mm-hmm. and I know it's not going to last forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's no, there's there are no new generations of people who are gonna who are gonna pick up the mantle or who are going to you know it's like okay if you have a if you have a mate that you who wants who wants to get into wargaming you wouldn't introduce them to like fifth uh, edition Warhammer I don't think you're probably more likely to introduce them to a new current game that's you know constantly active and that kind of thing that has uh, you know um, you know like a modern game for instance a tournament scene maybe. Uh, not not so much tournaments, but like something that, that they can actually go and buy yeah. uh, from a store. But the problem with these games is that you know I've got I've got a mate who lives around the corner here. He's he's sort of just getting into miniature gaming, and uh, I was you know sort of thinking, well, should I introduce him to Epic Space Marine? Should I introduce him to these? But I don't think I will because you know if because he's he's the kind of guy that you know he likes something and then he, he wants to get he wants to buy it from somewhere. Well, then it becomes this massive problem where well where where he's going to get it from. Mm-hmm. And I think we're sort of 
like I said, we're, we're a niche within a niche uh, with what we're doing. And, you know, I'm just so grateful that it's become uh, what it is today out of something so small that it's sort of, you know, uh, grown. I think partly be because of the painting challenge more than anything. And I think that's been a great driving force in getting people motivated to, to paint armies. And then once the lockdown or once the coronavirus is, you know, finally gone, they've made new friends where they can go and meet up and play games with, which is uh, the ultimate goal. Um, because when I uh, first started looking to Hirohama, people were excited about looking at pictures of miniatures, but they were very, you know, to find someone who actually played the game was almost impossible um, because, you know, there's no one playing it. There's you know, very, very few people playing it. So I, I just hope that in the future, people can continue their, their love or passion for the game or be enthusiastic about, you know, being motivated to paint these armies because at the end there's some kind of end goal, there's some kind of um, uh, motivating factor in doing all this kind of stuff. Either because it's just a collection that they're painting or um, uh, there's a game. They're, they're... For me, it's like, you know, I, okay, I know there's a game coming up at the end of this month, so I need to paint XXX and Y uh, to get that finished before we have the game. So that's my big motivator for me. And um, apart from that, I, I just hope the fanzine will continue for as long as, you know, everybody is willing to put the time and effort into it. I've recently, as of a couple of weeks ago, I've, I've got another passion, apart from Hero Hammer, uh, and, it's, and, it's, and to be in truth, it's not really related to the Crown of Command, but I have another passion that's for um, a, a game called Confrontation, which I don't know if you've ever heard of, but it's uh, by a French company called Rackham. No, I haven't heard of it. I've heard of it. Okay, well, yeah, again, it's, it's a niche within a very, very small niche, uh, much, much, much smaller than the Hero Hammer community. That, that, that's another passion of mine that I want to... Um, get the community on board in on Facebook uh, through people I've met or known for many, many years through various online communities since I got back into it from the year about 2000, 2001 or something like that. Uh, it's another old dead game <laughs> that no one plays anymore that I'm, I'm still in love with that it was uh, an assembly, if you like, of people who were so talented and they brought the best out in uh, what, what their talents were and uh, that game and the uh, miniature design and the, the process of, uh, of designing miniatures and making miniatures and casting them uh, basically uh, shaped the, the miniature industry for uh, decades to come. So they were really revolutionary in what they did. And um, that's my next big venture is um, launching another podcast. Yes, that, that's right. You've heard it right. I've, I've got two podcasts now. <laughs> Uh, something with another YouTube. That's just creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, mate. I'm, I'm going nuts. But, uh, and doing another YouTube channel. For what it's worth, I mean, you know, 10 people might be listening to it. And if, if that, if those 10 people who listen to it feel that, hey, you know, uh, this is quite cool. I, 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 this is the thing I'm really into and uh, I'm really passionate about this game as well and the miniatures and whatever, then, you know, I, I felt that I've succeeded somehow. But... Mm -hmm. Uh, again, it's not really related to the Crown Command. I think the Crown Command is in a really, really safe, good place right now with the with the community that, that's built up uh, through it, uh, through the Discord, through the Facebook group, through the fanzine. And I'm going to be big, big be a big part of that, of course. You know, that's going to be a constant thing that I'll be be, uh, be part of. But the other the other sort of um, love of my life in terms of hobby is uh, confrontation and, and Rackham. So I really want to. Um, dip my toe into that every now and again and um, uh, bring some vo new voices to uh, a new podcast and uh, hopefully that will 
uh, take off and uh, you know support the community there as well. That's my uh, that's my goal. And I've, in terms of um, the hobby, and in relation to Crown of Command, I have been in talks with uh, a gentleman. I think he's from Australia, who's who's doing like three D three D designs of miniatures and making his own miniatures. He's a really talented uh, sculptor, and um, you know he was asking me a lot of advice. He was sending me pictures and that kind of thing about what to do. And I said, you know, how about we how about we make a game? How about we write rules for a game and and you know use your miniatures and uh, produce a game for it? So, oh man, that's really exciting. Yeah, and that might eventuate. That might be just me talking absolute gibberish. I mean, I don't know. I've I've never designed a game in my life. It could be absolutely horrible, and no one would want to be interested in it. But I don't know. It's got potential. I mean, he's got he's got the passion to um, to make miniatures. He's good at it. Uh, I've seen I've seen his work and uh, it looks really promising. So who knows? You know, you know who knows what the future will bring. Uh, but that's something I've I've always been interested in. And I think most people have been. You, you play a lot of games and maybe you think you have your own idea or, or, or concept for a, a game for yourself that you'd want to you know try with that with with your friends uh, or in your local club. And um, and if it's successful, then great. You know you've 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 created something new. That's uh, a new avenue, if you like. Uh, a new experience, a new pathway. So who knows? Who knows what, what that might be just talk and it may never happen. But then the fanzine's already here. So, I mean, you know, anything, if you can make a fanzine with uh, not solely, but with the help of a lot of other people, then making a game in the same way could be potentially uh, possible too down the, down the track. So who knows? Well, your podcast has been a great success. And magazine, as I said earlier on, is, 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 it's just stunning. It's really great. Um, so I've no doubt that you've <laughs> that you'll put your talents to good use and, and make a great game as well. You know, if MD can do it, you've got that can-do attitude, and I think if MD can do it, it's definitely you. So that's really exciting. So definitely want to watch watch this place. So on behalf of the wargaming community, just before you go, I want to thank you for everything you've done in reviving a lot of these games that we all loved from our childhood, and for the Hero Hammer um, fanzine, which I thought. As I said before, and I'll keep saying it, it's incredible. Go and check it out. I hope people will follow you on your YouTube channel, Crown of Command, and give you a subscribe. Join your community on Facebook or Discord. You're on Twitter as well, so that's another place to find you. Yeah, thank you so much for well being a big inspiration to me and doing what I'm doing now. That's an amazing thing, but most, more importantly, that you're actually given through what you've done. You've kind of breathed new life into, as you said, lot of dead systems that, that, that people were spread over the world and I, I know for a fact already that what you've done with your online gaming when you've hosted online games there are a lot of people doing that now and I wouldn't be surprised if it's because people saw your channel and said, yeah this is a good way to play during the pandemic but I think most of all though you've connected you'll be connecting a lot of people and as you say they've painted their armies and now once this is over we're all getting back to normal life i think a lot of people will be like right i painted them i want to put these to good use now i'm going to get them onto the tabletop and i'm going to have a lot of fun doing it and uh, i think that's you know more power to you whatever you know don't stop i think it's uh, i think it's brilliant so thank you again for everything you've done for the for, the, for those communities in particular and uh, and thank you for coming on to tell us all about it and and inspiring me as well, personally. <laughs> My pleasure, mate. Yeah, th- thanks very much, Gordon, for inviting me on. It's uh, it's a great honour to be on your podcast, mate. And um, and I'm just so happy that, like I said before, that you know you you felt that you wanted to 
be creator yourself and um, do something you're passionate about, which in the end of the day is it's all that matters. And you, you're affecting people around you now that, you know, you're, you're giving a positive impact on people's lives with your your passion for your games, which is uh, the, the, the most important thing. And, you know, you, you're not asking for anything in return, uh, just only that they go out and then, you know, they start actively being part in the community or start, you know, taking up or dusting off those miniatures or dusting off those books and, and um, getting back stuck into it again. So, and giving them some kind of purpose. Because I suppose with you know, with COVID and everything that's happened, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be out of it very soon, but, you know, it would have, it would have caused a lot of stressful times uh, for a lot of people out there. And um, hopefully, uh, through the work we've done, it's given some people a bit of... Um, bit of happiness in those times man it definitely has uh, it definitely has so you've done a you know yourself and all the contributors you know the whole community you've had there definitely have done that so I, I think it's a fantastic thing and as i say i think everybody should get involved if they've got any love for any of those games and check out your whole back catalogue of podcasts and go through the communities and, and you'll just you'll have a ball <laughs> So thanks again, John. God, some of those videos are bad, though. <laughs> but yeah, if you if you want to sit through those, uh, by all means. But yeah, I won't I won't uh, I won't attest to say that any of them are really of good quality. Uh, they're very amateurish. So I do apologise in advance. But thanks very much again, Gordon. Have a great day, mate. And uh, I'll I'll hope to speak to you again soon. Okay, mate. Take care. You too, Joy. Look forward to it. So thanks again to Josh from Crown of Command for joining me for a great chat there. And please do check out his community, his podcast, and his Hero Hammer fanzine. I'll drop some links wherever you're hearing this podcast, so please do follow him where you can. And we've also got plenty more coming up on the slate with Epic 2000D Gaming and much more on the role-playing front. So please do consider subscribing to our YouTube channel as well. I hope you can join me and my good friend Craig for the next podcast, which will be the first in a series discussing our love of Epic 40k. So until next time, keep on living the life of die. Hello and welcome to Life of Die, the podcast which discusses all role-playing games and wargaming. I'm sorry, I've just bounced that up. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure, mate. The pressure—it's <laughs> enormous. I know. Yeah. Uh, I didn't—I didn't do these intros when I, when I had the, the other guys on. Uh, so it's the first time I've kind of done it live. Hello and welcome to Life of Die. <laughs> Sorry, man. Hello and welcome to Life of Die, the podcast which discusses things. Oh, 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 oh man. <laughs> this this has to be like the blooper reel at the end, but you've got to include this at the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs>